Good morning. Glad you're here this morning. I'd like to ask you if you would to take the connection card in your program and fill it out for us. If you're a guest, uh, fill out as much of this card as you're comfortable filling out. And if you're a regular, then you could just put your name and email on there. There will be some announcements later on, some ways to respond to the message, and so this will be helpful. You can fill it out, if you will, and drop it in the offering later on. I'd like to say Happy Mother's Day as we uh, continue on. And I have a, a a little video clip that I'd like to show you in honor of mothers. I was sent this on the Internet, so you may have seen it. I think a lot of people may have, but just this is this is a way to honor mothers this morning. Get up now, get up now, get up out of bed. Wash your face, brush teeth, come sleep, be hit. Here's your clothes and your shoes, hit a word, play, said, get up now. Get up and make your bed. Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you wearing that? Where's your books and your lunch and your homework? And throw your coat and your gloves and your scarf and hat. Don't forget, you gotta feed the cat. Each breath is for seven. This is the most important meal of all. You try to miss so you will grow up one day too, baby. And tell the picture in for the earth, but just will be seeing you every new day. Don't forget your piano lesson. You've been asking you, so you must say no trouble. Too slowly, but hurry. The bus is here. Be careful. Come back here. Didn't you wash behind your ear? Plan might definitely rough. Would you just play fair? Be polite. Make a friend. Don't forget to share. Working out. Wait turn. Never take a dead day long. The baby come down there. Clean your room. Watch your clothes. Put your stuff away. Make your bed. Do it now. Do we have all day? Were you born in a bar? Would you like some pain? Can you hear a word? I say, Get off the phone. Don't sit so close. Turn it down. No texting at the table. No more computers at tonight. Your eyes. If you don't listen, where are you going and with whom and what to do? You think you're coming home, saying that you please excuse me, makes you welcome everywhere you go. You'll be shaking by wisdom something when you're older and your own can't wait to have a couple little children of your own. You'll thank me for counsel I gave you so willingly, but right now I'll thank you not to roll your eyes at me. Close your mouth when you chew, would appreciate it. Take a bite, baby, too, for the stuff you hate. You just work, do not burn, girl, say she's straight, eat the food. I put upon your plate, get an egg at the door, look, it's with me. Get a grip, get it here, I'll pass a free. Get a job, get a life, get a PhD, get a dose. clap to say thanks to moms because that that makes me nervous watching that. I don't know about you. Um, 
I, Cindy and I, this is Cindy's first Mother's Day with, without any child in the vicinity. They're halfway across the country. And we remember those days. Um, just the, the, the speed at which you, you go out to life and the way life comes every day. It's a similar routine, not the same. That's for sure. We're in this series, and that is actually connected to what I, what I want to talk about. Loosely, but connected. Um, we're, we're trying to motivate you to get into the Bible and let God speak to you. Many of us make decisions based on what we think the Bible says, what we've heard it says. Or we feel guilty because we base our self-image and our worth on what we suspect God thinks about us. So it's crucial that we get into the Scripture and allow God to speak to us as we move through life. God wants to speak to you on a regular basis. That, that's an amazing thing. He, he, wants to, he wants you to get to know him. He knows you and I inside and out. He, he knows us very well. And he wants us to, to get to know him, however, and that is what will really change your life. Knowing him better uh, will make you want to be more like him as, as you get to know him. And I was thinking about moms. It's very hard to take any time out when you're in that stage of life, when you're getting up and the kids are crying, the kids need stuff, they've got to get to school, they've got to do this. But the number one thing that will help you and anyone is to spend time with God in the morning, talking to him and letting him speak to you. It is a crucial part of the day. And spending that time... It's so crucial to hear what he has to say that we need to make and keep a regular appointment with God. That's, that's where this message series has been heading. Um, more than anything in, in life, my daily time with God, he has used that to change me. He's used it to keep me on the right track. He uses it to bring encouragement just when I need it. It's very timely, just when I'm... You know, you feel like the engine's just about to stop. God gives the refreshment. He gives the encouragement needed at just the right time. I get a bigger perspective on things as I'm just in the moment dealing with problems. Get up in the morning. Things are going through my heart and mind. They're racing through there. I get up, get into the Word, and and God gives me a perspective that puts my my life in place my problems and my life in place. It, it is a crucial time. And so if you're a busy mom running around and taking care of the children, uh, concerned about how you can help them head in the right direction, that's the most important thing you can do is set aside some time to get with God. Make that appointment and keep it. I'm going to ask Jeep Underwood. He's going to come share with us about how God has spoken to him through um, his time with God in the mornings. He is one of our grow group leaders in the West. And so, Jeep, would you come and share with us? Uh, I was asked to come to tell you the difference that uh, personal quiet time has made in my life. And there's a lot of stories that I could tell, but I want to tell one of just about some things that happened at work over the last couple of years. Uh, about almost exactly two years ago, my wife Kate and I went on a trip to Boston. And and uh, had a great time, and 
When we got back, my boss called me into his office and he said, uh, well, I hope you had a good time, Underwood. And I said, well, I did. <laughs> I didn't know where he was going to go with that. And he said, uh, I hope you did have a good time because there's no more trips for a while. <laughs> okay. And so he said, I've got seven projects that we've got to give, give to you. I work for the Army Corps of Engineers. I'm a first-line supervisor for a design section that uh, we, we developed several uh, flood control projects at a time, and there were seven things that had to be awarded in four months. And he said, I've never seen anybody, uh, never seen any section really pull this off before, but that's what you have to do. Okay. So you walk trying to feel encouraged. And so I walked out of there, and, man, we, I got the teams set up, and we did some, uh, we worked we worked really hard. And about in the middle of that time frame, I began to feel really underappreciated. <laughs> uh, it felt like management just really didn't understand how hard we were all working, and the pressure just kept crumbing down. And, you know, it, I was really dealing with that. And one day in my quiet time, I was reading Ephesians chapter 6, uh, because the day before I was reading Ephesians chapter 5. I'm pretty linear that way. Uh, so I uh, was reading Ephesians chapter 6, and I came across this verse, and it said, uh, with good will render service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord. And, man, I really felt like what God was telling me that morning is, you know, son, they may not really know all that you're doing, or uh, they really can't see everything that's going on. He says, but I do. And I just want to tell you that I see it, and the good that you're doing, I'll bring back to you. And so I thought, it really encouraged me, so I memorized it. I've discovered that memorizing verses is just a good way of paying attention. And so... I memorized that verse, and every morning on the way to work, I would I would just uh, quote that verse because I, I had been rendering service. The goodwill part is what I'd been lacking, uh, so I needed. So I began to work on my attitude and just go in there uh, positively. Uh, to make a very long story short, with lots of branches, we got all seven projects awarded, which was just an amazing feat uh, by a lot of guys. I got a lot of really top-notch folks that work uh, for me. We did it, and then uh, fast forward to the next year. About halfway in the next year. This is about a year ago. My boss called me in and said, uh, hey, uh, we get to do that again. <laughs> Five projects this time, though, not quite as bad. And so we, we bust through that. We got that done. And, uh, again, you know, God worked in so many ways. There's so many stories I could tell you about how he brought design teams together, how he brought things together. And we got more construction work on the street than any section ever has in two years. And we got it done. And at the end of our fiscal year on September 30th, the next day, our CEO, which is a colonel in the Army, but our CEO calls in to this big room, and he has, has this award ceremony for all the people. He, he wants to signal out, some people for some cash so, signal out some people for some cash awards that they really made this happen. You know, I'm sitting in the back trying to appear humble. <laughs> they go through the whole list, and my name wasn't on the list, and I thought, God? And I began to really struggle, and I really struggled with the fact that I wasn't on the list. And the uh, it was the next morning or the morning after I was reading in Proverbs 22. And the verse, that, the verse that really stood out to me, the first verse of Proverbs 22, and it says, A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. And I, and I thought, you know, and I felt that God was really telling me, you know, son, you didn't get the cash award. And you didn't get the public recognition. He said, but what I'm doing in your life right now is I'm building your name in your company. And a lot of good things are going to come out of that. And so I, I felt very encouraged by that. And I memorized that verse. And I began 
that became my verses. I went to work as well as Ephesians 6, 7, and 8. I can't, now, to, to wrap this story up, be encouraged, there is an end. Uh, to wrap this story up, a couple of months ago, a few months ago, uh, was the end of our rating cycle, and I got a, I got a really good performance evaluation. And I got the biggest pay raise that I've ever gotten in my life. And, uh, and my boss, he, he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, uh, you don't really get a you don't really don't get uh, pay raises like this unless something really happens to you and you kind of pull your way through it. And I said, and I, and I was thinking in my, in my mind is, you know, something didn't really happen to me. Something really happened for me, even though it felt very hard all the way through it. And what I've discovered is just the last thing I want to say is one thing I've discovered is that God has this amazing ability to intersect what I'm dealing with in my life with what I'm reading in the scriptures. Because I was always afraid, what if I'm supposed to read something in Romans and I'm in a packet? <laughs> and God and I just keep missing the boat. But over the last decade plus that I've been meeting with him, I found that he intersects the two. And it's what makes all the difference. Thanks. Appreciate Jeep sharing. I think we could pretty much wrap up right now and, and move on. Um, but what I'd like to do is give you some handles, some very practical ideas about how to get into Scripture and why it's important as we wrap up this morning. If, if you're a person who gets into the Bible every day or several times a week on a regular basis, um, you are someone that God can use in your home, at work, in your neighborhood, in your extended family, where, wherever it is. God, God can use you. So it's very, very important. Make and keep a regular appointment with God. Many times that's called a quiet time uh, by, by Christian folks. Um, and here are some important ideas about that. What you want to do is you approach it and as you plan for it. Choose a time and a place, first of all. This is what Jesus did, Mark 1.35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and he went out to a solitary place where he prayed. We schedule the most important things in our life. We need to plan for this. You, may, you put it on the schedule. I like the morning. There's nothing magic about it. But when I get up in the morning, I need to focus my thoughts and, and get my head on straight. So it's very helpful in the morning. It's, it's sort of like having spiritual breakfast. It's, it's really good for you. First Peter 2, 2 says we're to crave pure spiritual milk of the world word. It's the uh, most important meal of the day for sure. Luke 22:39 says Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. So something special took place on this day, but this was his practice. This was something he did normally. So find a spot to have your quiet time, to, to have this appointment with God. It doesn't need to be any special place, but this is the place you go to meet with God. It'll, it'll really help. If you schedule, carve out the time, schedule a place to do it. When you start out, I'd thank God. Just thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for what you've done for me. And then focus on clearing up your relationship with God. Clear up your relationship with him. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Our, our spiritual arteries get clogged. Our ears get clogged. And he, it's really not him, but he, he wants us to get our hearts set on doing life his way. So it's very important to keep short accounts with God. Um, I started 
eating oatmeal. I don't like oatmeal. I never liked oatmeal before. But I started eating oatmeal a couple years ago. And, man, my cholesterol dropped. It's really, really good for you. I, I, I have learned to like it. Um, and that's what this time with God, if you'll stop and take the time to say, God, just show me if there's anything between me and you or me and anyone else. If you just show me that, I want to know. I want to let go of that sin. I don't want to hold on to it. That clears your spiritual arteries so that things can get flowing again. Don't dredge up stuff. I'd encourage you. Don't, don't sit there and try to dredge it up. Just ask God to show you. He'll either bring it to mind immediately. He may bring it up in your quiet time. He may bring it up later in the day. Try to keep short accounts with him uh, because that keeps things flowing. Next, ask God for insight. That's, that's all you need to do. God, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. This is a prayer of David in Psalm 119, and we can do the same. Set your heart to obey God as you begin your, your time with him. Um, John 7, 17 says, If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I'm speaking on my own. This is Jesus talking. And you find this in the scripture that as you approach his word, uh, God isn't going to speak to you unless you're ready to do it. If you're really seeking him then he'll open up and speak to you. Um, he's, he's trying to get our attention, but this is always a prerequisite to hearing God's voice and getting direction from him. Um, next, follow a plan. Uh, there's a program insert that we'll look at in a little bit, but here's the plan that I use every day. Uh, and we'll look at that insert in a, mo- in a few moments. Uh, but first of all, pray. Psalm 62, 8, trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Usually, I need to get settled down. And so I've got things on my mind, things I'm worried about, concerns, uh, things that are bothering me. And so I, I have to offload my mind, and God allows us to do that. So as I approach my time with God, I give my concerns to him. I thank him and praise him for what he's doing and give my concerns to him. I have to write them. I write them down. That's one way I offload them. I just write them down at the top. I have a journal that I keep and take notes as to what God's saying to me. And I just, I write my concerns down in that way. I just, it's a way of giving them to God. And God, would you, would you do this? Would you take these? Um, and then read, read scripture. Revelations 1, Revelation 1, 3 says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it, and take to heart what is written in it. It's one of the great things as as what Jeep was sharing with us. He was reading scripture, God was speaking to him, he was taking it to heart, and, and going to work with those things planted in him. There's a verse in... Uh, James, James 1.21, it says, Humbly accept the word which is planted in you. If we humbly accept it, and it takes humility, say, God, I don't have this figured out. I need you to speak to me. I need to hear what you have to say to me. If we let it sink into our heart, it bears fruit in all kinds of ways. Changed attitudes, different approach to life. Um, Our relationships get better as we let it plant itself in our heart. 
And so we read it and we take to heart what's written in it. Um, and there are several ways. I, I just thought I'd throw out some helpful tips on where to start in the Bible. I heard one guy this week, he said, you can read for distance, but you need to eventually read for depth. And distance means you're trying to read the whole Bible maybe in a year or two, or um, you're trying to get through a book that you'd like to read through. But as we're doing that, we need to stop and then allow it to sink in, allow it to go deeper in our, our lives. If, if you've never read the Bible, you may want to try to cover some distance and read through a couple chapters at a time. If you read two chapters of the Old Testament and one chapter of the New Testament, you'll read the Bible in a year. That is a sprint, however, I would like to say. I, I would slow down from that. Maybe maybe try to read it in two years or just try to read it in three years. <laughs> that's, that's a sprint because what I prefer is, and if you do that, then God's going to speak to you maybe through a verse. And then as he speaks, as something uh, disturbs you or gets to your heart, go back to that and allow God to help you apply it. Um, but if you're just starting out, James is a great book to start in. Very practical book. Very helpful. Proverbs has 31 chapters. You can read a chapter of Proverbs a day. Another very helpful book. You read through it and it's, it's a lot of uh, sayings mostly. Some of it flows. Some of it's just different sayings about different parts of life. And as God speaks to you to that, you can begin to apply that to your life. Um, Jar, J-A-R, John Acts Romans, will give you a feel for Christianity. Um, John is a, go- a biography of Jesus' life. Acts is a story of the early church. And Romans is probably the best book in the Bible that clearly states what it means to be saved, salvation, what, how God relates to us, how we get right with God, how things are made right with him. And how they get straight out. So that'll give you a good summary. Um, Philippians is a great book. I love Philippians. Um, When you read a letter in the New Testament, last week we looked at how the the Bible's all structured. In the New Testament, usually the first few chapters, the first half of the book, has to do with some major truths about God, Christ, the church. The second half of the book tends to be... uh, dealing with application, the, the what flows out of those truths and the way that we live our life. And so Philippians does that. It's a very good book. BibleGateway.com has several reading plans, and I was looking at it this week. It's it, very helpful. There's a comprehensive plan where you can read through the Bible. You just go to their home page, and then there's a on the left, there's a deal. You can click Reading Plans. And... Um, Look, look like some really good plans. Um, comprehensive plan. You can read through the Bible in 365 days. I think you can even have that one sent to your email every day to remind you. Um, biographical plan. You can read uh, different biographies of the main characters of the Bible in 121 days. That, that's in there. There's a survey of the whole scripture. There's a chronological plan so you can get the idea of the whole Bible in 61 days. So anyway, there's some really good plans and reading there, but, but read it. That's part of your time with God. You pray, you read, and then as God speaks to you, apply. Um, God's help is not automatic. Many times we attend church and we get 
our hearts are moved to connect with God. So we come to church. And then we begin to try to do good things that God lays on our hearts. And we try to do right. And we expect, because we're going to church and we're doing some good things, for God to bless us. We expect him to change our lives. But it's not automatic like that. That's not how it happens. This passage right, show, right here that we're going to look at shows us the way to blessing. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, and that's what Scripture does. You notice, as as Jeep shared, he was freed from some struggles that he was having as he got into the Word. He who looks, the man who looks into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, it's a pattern, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, doing the Word, living it out, practicing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You see where the blessing is? It's in what you do as a result of what you've heard and read. That's how you you obtain the blessing that God wants to give. God's word is like a mirror. The purpose of a mirror is evaluation. You get up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you you try to figure out, what do I need to fix? (laughs) What needs to be repaired here? And, you know, my hair is usually in pretty good shape for me. I have other things I need to work on, but... Um, we look into the mirrors, figure out, and then you try to fit. What good is a mirror if you don't change what's wrong? Not good. The major benefit of getting into Scripture is to see what needs to change in us. Perspective, attitude, just the way we approach people, relationships. And then to cooperate with God throughout the day to make those changes, to do what it says. This is what concerns us about the Bible. (laughs) We know this intuitively. We know if we get into it, God's going to go to work on us. So sometimes we try to keep him at arm's length. Queen Elizabeth, who I understand was a beautiful woman when she was young, ordered that the mirrors be removed from Buckingham Palace at one point because she couldn't face the fact that she was growing old. She didn't want to see herself. And we do that with Scripture sometimes. We sort of keep it at arm's length. I don't want to get in there. And, we, and that is what hurts us. That is, we do that to our own harm. If you want the blessing, get into the Bible, look intently, which literally means stoop down and gaze in. Look intently. Um, continue to do this. Make it a habit. The blessing is found for those who make the appointment with God and keep it. And then... Follow through, not forgetting. Putting it into practice every day. Listening or reading the Bible and not doing what God says is sort of like buying a workout video and watching it while you're drinking Coke and buttered, eating buttered popcorn. It's not going to do you a lot of good. It's exactly how the Scripture is. It's, it's really only going to help if you get into it and put it into practice. Look at, look at your insert, if you will. There's an insert in your program. And what I've done is I've pulled everything I've talked about this morning together into this, into this insert. Um, P-R-A-Y. Pray, read, apply, and yield. 
Under the apply, what you need to do is you need to be able to make a bridge from the Bible passage that you're reading to your life today. Here are some great questions that a friend of mine came up with. It spells out space pets is the acrostic, which means nothing. It's just a way to remember it. But I have this in the front of my journal, space pets. Uh, and you read a verse, and if God speaks to you, ask yourself these things. Is, is there a sin to confess? Is there something I've done wrong that needs to be straightened out? Confess means I agree with God. You know, God, that was, you're right. That was wrong. That, that was wrong for me to do it. It means say it with. That's what the word confess means. Um, is there a sin to confess? Is there a promise to claim? Jeep had a promise in Proverbs that he claimed. You know, God's going to reward me. And I'll just let him do that. I don't know how. But I'm just going to stay faithful to work. And I'm going to just, just let him reward. Is there an attitude to change? Is there something in this passage that is something I need to shift my attitude? Or a command to obey. Sometimes there's a flat-out command and you know you got to do it. And because God lays it on your heart. He said it anyway. And so you, you write out how you're going to obey that command. Is there an example to follow? There are a lot of stories in Scripture. And the reason the stories, stories are there is for our instruction. So in the Old Testament and the New Testament, as you read the stories, is there a positive uh, example to follow or is there a negative example I need to avoid? And I need to watch out for that. Is there a prayer that I can pray back to God? Or an error that I need to avoid or a truth that I should believe? Something here that, that I really need to hang on to and I know, I know that. Um, <clears throat> is there something to praise or thank God for? So that, that, those questions really help me to make the bridge from the scripture to my everyday life. If you'll make a habit of getting into scripture and bridging to your life today, you will be blessed in the doing. You will find God's blessing as you live out his life. And then finally yield. Yield yourself to do what he's told you to do. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Yield. That's our worship. That's what we, when we come together here, if you're someone who follows the Lord, what he wants you to do is take the time as we're singing the songs, and as we're here looking into Scripture a little bit, to yield your life to Him. Yield it back to Him. And it's good to do that every single day. A growing relationship with God will change your life. It's not an automatic process, but God is working with you to develop you and build you and to shape your character and your heart and your mind and your life in a way that pleases Him. As you please Him, He brings His blessing. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. He has called us into, if you're a follower of Christ, He has called you into a fellowship with Christ. To have a relationship with Him. To talk to Him. To let Him talk to you. Calling means, the fact that it says you are called to this means it is a core part of what it means to be a Christian. This is at the core of what it means to follow Christ. We, we fellowship by having that conversation with him. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, 
It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, mirrors reflect what, what's on the outside. The Bible shows what's on the inside. And that's what we need. We need to see what's on the inside. We don't need makeup. We need heart surgery. We, we really need to be changed from the inside out. As we allow God to make those changes in us, we find his blessing in this life as we move on. God is faithful to speak as we spend time to Him, with him. There are some next steps on your connection card and on your listening guide that you may want to take this week. And following him, first of all, you might, might want to memorize Mark 135 just to remember. Set a time and a place to meet with God. And in the morning, great while before day, Jesus rose and he went to a lonely place and there he prayed. And I memorized that verse in college. And we changed the first part too. And in the morning, a great while before noon, <laughs> Jesus rose. That wasn't very good to change it, was it? But we did. We, we didn't really change it. We know that it was great. Well, for a day, so it seems like it was in the dark to me. <laughs> I didn't know dark in the morning in college. But anyway, uh, you may want to memorize that verse, Mark 135. Uh, and then maybe what you want to do is, I will aim to meet with God, fill in the blank, that many times. I would encourage you to start with three. If, if it's new, if it's a new practice, start with three or four. Um, aim for five if you're setting goals. Just, just because what's going to happen if you give God three days a week where you're meeting with Him and you're really settling your heart down, you're getting before God, you're getting in the Scripture, you're allowing Him to speak to you. You're not just glancing through it, not just racing through it, but you're letting God work. You're going to want more. You're going to want more and more and more. And you'll find that you need this. You need that time with God. For him to shape you and change you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word. And God, I, I thank you for the way that you are so faithful to meet with us. In fact, you're waiting. You're waiting for us. Uh, you're knocking on the door of our heart, waiting us to open it up and, and let you in. So, Father, I, I pray that you would help each of us here to long and yearn and crave your word. Allow it to sink into our heart and life so it can grow the fruit that pleases you. We ask for your help in all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.